Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. It's Monday evening, which can mean only one thing, that live land returns with me, Phil Bass, Jack Gobby Garwood, but we have a change in the schedule. Liam is joining us tonight because Boise's got the Rona and he's not feeling the best. He's um, not going to die or anything like that, but just feeling a bit groggy. So Boise's in bed with Rona and Liam joins us. Gentlemen, how are we? Evening. Very well. Very well. Thank you very much. Ready to get our teeth into what was a massive weekend for literally darts all over the bloody place. And if anybody saw my tweet earlier in the week, this is the first weekend. I I haven't even counted them, but the next time there is no PDC darts on a weekend is the 12th of December. That's what happens, isn't it? We are going to be very, very busy, and it all starts tonight. Not bad for the dead spot in darts, apparently, as I've been seeing on Twitter earlier today. What is going on? <laughs> so, yeah, Liam has stepped in. How are you, mate? All right? Yeah, well, usually usually on the other side of the screen, but it's a pleasure to make my debut in the live lounge here tonight, and we are definitely not short of uh, content for this evening's show, that's for sure. <laughs> No, we are not. It has been absolutely manic. So come and say hi in the chat room. Everyone, we've got a little poll running, nice little feature for the chat room. So make sure you go and have your say on that. All the usual suspects are in. Missy Boise is watching at home, even though he's not very well. Carl, Darts Tracker, hope you are well, mate. Andrew, as always. Joseph, Missy, Daniel, Reese, Owen, how are we all doing? Um, Catherine is in. Hope you are well. Paulrick. Loads of you in, but make sure you give us a like. Only 14 likes. Come on, my thumbs up for us and make sure you subscribe as well because the subscriber count is going through the roof at the moment. You guys absolutely smashing it to bits. 51 but, likes. So 52 votes on the poll tonight and only 15 likes on the stream. It's, it's exactly the same thing. 
You click one button. <laughs> um, so we are going to run through the Euro Tour, the inaugural first one in Hungary, Budapest. Absolutely amazing. The Challenge Tour was decided as well. Plenty of draws coming out, plenty of talking points. Martin Adams, 65 years of age, still rolling back the years, producing 100-plus averages when it matters. We've got a couple of video clips. Some interesting things have come in. And first of all, from last week's show, I can confirm it was Peter Wright in the chat room because I was having a chat with him over the weekend about it. And a lot of them, quite like a lot of the other pros, do have a listening as well. They don't get involved in the chat room so much, but they do listen. So be nice in the chat room. You never know. Big Brother is always watching. Uh, Justin Smith is in. Have your fingers better, buddy, as well. Um, but, lads, well, I suppose you better Can I bully him about his... Can I bully him about his walk-on again? Oh, yeah. Well, I, I've told him his walk-on time is horrendous. Go back to local hero. End of. That's it. No Poor further Dave. questions. Your every week. Every week. <laughs> um, I suppose we better start with the Euro Tour because that was the, um, the, the, the hot topic of, of conversation over the weekend. And first of all, that venue is absolutely stunning. Just my opinion. I think we'll have another Euro Tour there next year. And then I think something bigger will go there to that venue. Is it an ice hockey venue normally? No, it's a concert hall. Oh. I like the big screens up at the top. I thought that was mint. And obviously the big... Yeah. One concern I've got from looking from it from not being there is it looks very much like a Nottingham Arena or a Sheffield Arena where it's traditionally an ice rink or whatever. And you just get a little bit lost with just how big it is. If you sat right at the back, yeah, that, I don't know if yeah, no, it was. It's, it's a massive concert hall, really, really nice. And yeah, I, I think it'd suit something big, maybe a Premier League night, hopefully. Uh, how good would that be, boys? Budapest in the Premier League? Can we move the World Cup, please? <laughs> um, uh, they'd have to move it from this traditional Thursday night slot of the week if it was in Budapest for the Premier League. <laughs> Put it yeah. on a weekend, a Saturday. Or just a Thursday night and we just all stay there for the weekend. <laughs> but yeah, um, it, look, it, look, it looked massive from the photos, I must say. Um, yeah. I didn't hear a bad word said out about it on social media. It seemed to get a great response from all, from everyone who attended there. I know you were there, Phil, um, but it looked really, really good. Yeah, it was just absolutely amazing. And like I said, I think that this was a bit of a test run and I'm expecting bigger and better things going to Budapest. But time will tell. Right, moving on. The first of only two Euro Tour events. Um, um, Catherine said, did you have a good sleep? Uh, no, I'm running on two hours sleep on the plane and plenty of caffeine. Um, so <laughs> the crash, the crash will come. Um, but first of all, Friday afternoon seems a long, long time ago, gents, but this is how it all went down. Thank you again to the PDC for the graphics. We've given you, given you a credit as well in the in the description of that. But Woody Borland, an interesting weekend for him. Um, we'll talk about that more later, but it gets off with a win. We'll start with you, Liam. What's your standout result from the Friday afternoon? Um, I've got to say Louis Williams, I reckon. I think he had a really good run. I know he went out 
um, in the end. But I thought uh, I've seen some great signs from him in the Pro Tour recently. Uh, seems like he's really come together, getting his game together. Uh, and certainly the younger cohorts that we've seen this weekend really shone through. Uh, and it proves that the future is bright. I think Louis Williams, you see there, Keane Barry as well, had a good run. Adam Gowlas. Uh, but certainly the signs I'm seeing from Louis Williams recently really suggest that he's going to make a big impact uh, in the years to come. But for you, Gob, stand out from the Friday afternoon? Can't help but be impressed by the way that Adam Gowlas clawed his way back against uh, Kirchmar. That was very, very impressive. Um, I'm a big fan of Richard Veenstra. Um, good to see him getting a result under his belt, not the one that wanted later on. Um, but I'm actually going to pick somebody that lost that I was really impressed with. Janos Vegso looked a very, very tidy dart player. Solid action, not too much that can go wrong. Straight up and down, throws them with with good amount of force. Very, very straight. Missed match darts to beat Joe Mernon. And him and Patrick Kovacs in the Hungarian World Cup team, which I know we'll talk about later on, but Patrick <laughs> Kovacs' pedigree with WDF, by the way, is not to be understated. That could be a very, very interesting pairing after that performance this weekend from Janos. Yeah, I, no, I, I agree. Um, I agree. Well, the one's really impressed with Richard Vinstra. I thought he played really well to, to beat Keegan Brand, um, which which was good good to see. And yeah, look, Gowlas had a fabulous weekend. But is he the modern day Justin Pipe? Because let, let's be honest, mm. he's a hard watch. Fabulous player. I've never I'm seen Justin Pipe pour water over his head or celebrate the way he did. Oh no, afterwards he's fine, but on the hockey, it's a tough watch. Yeah, it works for him though, doesn't it? Like we. You can't begrudge any player. The only time we've ever got an issue with a player being slow is when it's deliberate. He's, he's clearly done it all his life. That's the way he plays darts. There's no rules against it. There are just more entertaining players to watch with their action. Pace makes yeah. for a good game. Consistent of it. Completely. Uh, Callum Ritz is in the chat room as well. Hope you are well, my friend. Right, moving on. Friday night. And this was an absolute belter. Of a session, Florian Hempel getting us underway. Man, we've talked about a lot on the pro tour. Really impressed with him. Um, Ross Smith winning as, as well. We'll yeah, we'll, we'll start with you, Gob. Performance out of that lot. <laughs> um, John Michael was fantastic, he was absolutely superb. Um, suits solid, did his job. Ross Smith, another one. Hempel was class. That, that. Jake Jones has got something about him as well. He's, he's a player that I didn't know a lot about before Q School. And he's one that has come through and he's got lovely action, plays some very, very good darts. Um, it's not performance. It's the opposite performance. Adrian Lewis, yet again, failing to get over the line is probably the big talking point in this set of fixtures. Don't get me wrong, Bradley Brooks played a very, very good game. But Lewis to come from 4-2 down or, or whatever it was, Come roaring back to five apiece and then miss match starts after match starts after inviting pressure from the one five two that Brooks misses is the most AD Lewis performance you will see when he is desperate for a result to kick on and get himself going again. Yeah, 
look, the, the, the one two four from Brooks was unreal. That was the one that hurt him because was he on tops? I think it was on Brooks, literally middle of the bullseye for a one two four was an absolute roof raiser, um, which was which, which which was good from the the world youth champion. But for you, Liam, as well, what, what, what was your standout? Yeah, Alan Souter is doing bits this year. He's really impressing me. Um, obviously, has a lot of pedigree in the WDF system before. Steady will get results in whatever tournament he plays in. Uh, but again, Adrian Lewis, I mean, he's. this was a tournament that the draw was relatively favourable compared to some other tournaments that we see. And he again, he didn't capitalise on it. it was chance to, to earn big money uh, for the, on the rankings, and he didn't take it. Uh, credit goes to Bradley Books. He played fantastic. Another one of those young players I mentioned a minute ago that has really made an impact. Um, and he has a big future ahead of himself uh, as well. Simon Whitlock got a 6-4 win over Darren Webster. That, he, he's trying to get into some form going into the World Cup as well. But certainly Bradley Books beating uh, Adrian Lewis was the standout one for me there. Yeah. Simon Whitlock, new darts as well, boys. They're looking an interesting one. They are, because they're not the ones you sent me a picture of three weeks ago that I was really excited for because they had a scallop in the bag. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I can't possibly tell you whose darts they are, but they're not his, that's, that's for sure. Ooh. Um. That's what you're thinking now, isn't it? Yeah, a little. <laughs> I just, well, <laughs> I just don't want to. I just don't want to say anything wrong now, do I? So let's move on. Why do we do this ourselves every week, Phil? We sit here like, oh, let's have a little in joke, and then we're like, actually, what can we say about it now? Nah. Every week. Uh, there, is, there, there is that. Um, so from there, Saturday afternoon. And it's not very often that you're going to see Rob Cross and Rob Smith first up on Saturday afternoon, Liam, is it? No, definitely not. Uh, big, good game, this one. Uh, we had a couple of good games this in, in this session. Uh, Rob Cross, again, would have probably expected him to go a little bit further than he'd done. But the, the, the standout tie for me on this session was Keane Barry beating Dirk van Dijvenborda. Um Big, big win for him. I mean, it takes a scalp, uh, a big scalp for Keen Barry on the on the in front on the television cameras in front of the television cameras. So I think that was one of the standout performances of the weekend. Uh, taking a man of that pedigree out, the James Wade Willie O'Connor game was a tight one. As was William Borland beating Menzer Sulevich. We know we haven't seen much of Sulevich, but still a good result for William Borland uh, and Aspinall uh, ending the run of Bradley Books there. Um, but still, I reckon Bradley can be happy with his performance uh, the weekend, regardless of that result. Yeah, and Callan, Callan in the chat room, how dare you, sir? How dare you? Um, God, but Saturday afternoon, where, where are you looking? What, what caught your eye? James Wade, obviously. Uh, I thought it was gonna. I thought it was gonna do. I thought he was in trouble. It was another one that survived, not survived a big setup, but you just thought when Willie gets a go at the 161, the first treble goes, that maybe that'll invite a little bit of pressure. Same way that Lewis finds a way to lose it. Um, Louis Williams was superb. Um, 
looking very, very accomplished in his first year. Um, Dirk van Dijvenberg losing first round yet again, though, is a bit of a worry considering his form last year. He was effectively supposed to be the next one off the conveyor belt, the Aspinall, the Dimitri. There's a lot of hype around Dirk after his performances last year, the Grand Prix, etc. But he is not really delivering right now. And there is a worry that that your likes of Aspinall, your likes of Humphreys, your likes of Dimitri have been on the Dev Tour and whatever and have, have just stayed on a decent path. Dirk's dropped to not have a tour card before and there's a worry that that player's still in him somewhere if he doesn't quite get sort his mentality out. He's been right at the top. He's experienced a little bit. Don't get lazy with it. Keep pushing on. Find that extra gear and, and find a way to get over the line of one of these tournaments to, to put yourselves in that winner circle and grow your game from there. Yeah. An interesting one. I sat in the crowd or just to to the left of the stage and watched the Devin Peterson-Luke Humphreys game. That Devin Peterson action is not great at the moment at all. I want to go back, Gob, to about nine months ago. That injury was clearly worse than what he was letting on looking back now. I'm not even sure it's just the injury, but you look at how many technical changes and adjustments Devon has made in the last 18 months, alongside how many equipment changes he's made. I think he's on his third set of barrels since he left Unicorn, at an absolute minimum. Tried the, the Condor flights, he's thrown with those solid ones. I think we've seen different lengths of them. We've seen different lengths of the points. We've seen, like I say, three different sets of barrels, I think it is now. All of those changes, all of those adjustments, not everybody is Peter Wright. Not everybody can get up and make it work with a 98, 99 average every time you pick up any set of darts you want. Yeah. And at some point, you have to bite the bullet and maybe go back to something. I, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. Obviously, he was he was um, getting some coaching um, with Wayne Mardle, which seemed to be helping him last year. His mentality was really good. Opened his mouth a little bit as well. Is there a little bit of... Um, psychological fragility there in Devon as well. Um, open your mouth, not deliver, and then you drop a little bit more. Um, yeah, Devon's game is is not in the best place right now. But it's a good weekend to be heading into because some players just... Devon's been number one for South Africa for a long, long time, and that responsibility on his shoulders might just kick him at that little bit that he needs. The same as Kim Hybrex always delivers at this event. Simon Whitlock just takes that extra little gear. This might be the perfect time to restart Devon Peterson's season this year. Yeah, no, I agree. And we touched on earlier, Christopher Tyski was 3-0 up on Louis Williams. And then that spell from the young Welshman was absolutely scintillating. Um, there's one hell of a player in there. That, that, that's for sure. A um, couple of shares in the chat room before we go on. Uh, Niall is in. Hope you are well, big man. All good. Um, what was the other one I saw? Wanted to chat. Lost it now. But yeah, Niall is in, as always. Hope you are all well. Then we haven't got the, we haven't got the results. We've got the fixtures on this one. So we'll, we'll, we'll read them out to you. Um, this one I couldn't, couldn't steal this one because it wasn't there. Um, but hey ho, 
Yeah, the quarterfinal so, highlights weren't there either. <laughs> Saying, everything um, else is on YouTube, but the quarterfinals. Yeah, uh, shock in the opener. Adam Gowlas beating Johnny Clayton. The Ferret missed an absolute bucket load of doubles, but Adam Gowlas coming back to win at 6-5. Uh, Joe Cullen, 6-3 win over, over Get DeVos. Decent, that one. This will be an interesting conversation at the World Cup. The, um, the skipper was beaten by Damon Hetter. Um, the seed comes through. Whitlock was in front, but pegged back and ultimately beaten by his World Cup teammate, 6-4. Um, Jose de Souza getting rid of Joe Mernon. Um, interesting weekend for, for Jose. We'll, we'll touch on him here. We'll just go through the results. He was a 6-3 winner. Uh, MVG beating Daryl Gurney. Good performance and a much-improved Performance from Daryl Gurney as well, which is which was good to see. Uh, the Iceman Gerwin Price beating Richard Beenstra. Uh, again, Price what wasn't we'll, we'll touch on Price more towards the end, obviously, but he dodged some bullets early on. Um, Peter Wright beating Florian Hempel and Michael Smith beating John Michael. God for you, standout performance from Saturday night. Mm. Hetter, to be honest. Um, it's understandably been an emotional couple of weeks for Damon. Um, the the draw that the raffle draw that him and Mac did in Hungary a couple of days before this event was was superb and, and hats off to everybody that got involved with that. Thank you to everybody that donated to that and, and, and got involved with that. Um, then obviously they had the um the moment on stage before play that night as well, um, which was incredibly moving. I literally just walked in the door to turn it on and that was on my screen, which was quite difficult to watch. Um, but to turn it around against Simon as well, the way that he did to just keep digging in to kick on that final extra gear and just shell shock Simon almost, who just couldn't kick it up another gear when he needed to, to respond to Hatter's peak in form, it was superb from Damon Hatter and a very well-deserved performance on the night. Yeah, completely agree. For, for you, Liam, what, what was your stand that? Uh, I think the Adam Gowless one, I know that Johnny Clayton missed doubles, uh, but I think in terms of his career to be a player of that calibre on the stage, again, massive win for Gowless. He can take a lot of confidence from that going forward. Uh, Gurney is another one. There was good signs from Daryl Gurney the weekend that his game is starting to come together. And like we said about the responsibility with the World Cup, that if he can improve, take that performance into the World Cup with that responsibility on his shoulders, it could kickstart his career or kickstart form into going into a, a, a weighted period in terms of ranking money as well. Um, price scraping through, but and again, we uh, Gob touched on it there a minute ago. Tough for Hetty and Whitlock to go head to head, but I thought Hetty was between Hetty and Gowlis. I thought Hetty played very well, but for me, Adam Gowlis was the standout uh, winner of this uh, round. Yeah, winner wise, I, I agree with you as well. That Daryl Gurney massively in, impressed me from where the form's been to what we saw this weekend. Encouraging signs that that Chin is certainly on the way back to more of the performances that we expect from him, um, which is possibly, which is good. I just, we've seen glimpses of this from him for the last six months, and it's always been 
the performance afterwards that is a worry. Obviously, we're going to talk World Cup a little bit later. And if, if Gurney that played Saturday night turns up for the World Cup, they're not a bad shout, let me tell you that. But if he yeah. backs it up normally, like he has done recently, like Michael Van Gerwen has, to be fair, good result or good performance, not so good. Bit of trouble for the Irish boys. Yeah. <laughs> boys, but Boise from his COVID bedroom. PB, would you rather watch Adam Gallus in the practice room for two hours straight or Bernie training session? Uh, Burnley training session. Oh, I'd love to watch Burnley training session because <laughs> I'm pretty sure the short March Sunday league would kick Hell's bells out of each other. Um, interesting one about the boards on the challenge tour. We'll talk on that when we touch on the challenge tour. I've, I've noted it. Interesting one. They've gone back on that. Right here we are, Saturday. Sorry, Sunday and the Euro tour, and this is where it all gets a little bit jazzy and a little bit interesting. You'll see Peter Wright gets a bye. Willie Borland withdrew due to a family problem at home. And, God, that must have been a huge decision because he's fine to keep his tour card. And although he's earned good money this weekend, it could have been even better. But circumstances dictate. Yeah, and it's not the first time this year that this has happened, but there are bigger things than dart sometimes. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Um, so, we'll go through them in draw bracket order. Uh, Joe Cullen, 6-4 winner over Rob Cross, 97 average from the Rockstar. Luke Humphreys demolishing James Wade, 6-2. Brendan Dolan beating Michael Van Gogh in 6-5. Damon Hetter losing to the Iceman Geller in price. And there was an interesting turn of events in this match, which we'll no doubt talk about in a minute. Um, Jose D'Souza, 6-2 over Nathan Aspinall. Adam Gowlas, 6-2 over Lou Williams. And Michael Smith, 6-1 over King Barry. But we will start, Liam, with the world champion, the world number one. He was in a whole world of trouble against Damon Hetter, and he did a Peter Wright. He went back to his case and got old faithfuls out. Yeah, and Price actually struggled in a couple of the opening rounds. We've seen it against Feature, seen it against Hetta, just didn't get going. I think he averaged 89 against Hetta. looked like he was on the ropes. Uh, but good players, world-class players win when they're not playing well. And Price shows that, yes, he can have a few average games and go on and turn it around when it matters. And that's exactly what he did. He got over the line against Hesh and did what he had to do in them early rounds. I mean, that's a, that's a tricky, tricky game against Damon Hesh in the last 16 match. But he done well, got the win, and that's all that would have mattered to him at that stage. And he just needed to get through to the quarterfinals. what he done. And Gob, Gob's going to like this little story about Gezi and his darts. He didn't actually realise he had old faithfuls with him. They were in his hand luggage... And they got through security. <laughs> Otherwise, Old Faithful wouldn't How have been there. Never ceases to amaze, does it? Hey, karma. It's a, it's it's an interesting, it's an interesting one. But yeah, literally just by sheer coincidence, 
luck, fortune, fate, whatever you want to call it, that they they were there to come to his rescue. Because he openly said if they weren't there, he loses that match. But he didn't. And I know Gob was absolutely delighted about that. Um, Does he, though? Or is that a, a, is it a psychological thing? And the, the thing is, like... I can completely understand Peter Wright's tinkering and changing of darts. They're com- they are, 90% of the time, they're a radical change. They're a, a different barrel. They are a different shape. There's a different... Uh, Gezi has nearly eight sets of darts on the market that are exactly the same, just different colours. And grips. And... And different coatings. Yeah. Nah, not for me. Not for me. The interesting one, Brendan Dolan beating Michael Van Gerwen 6-5. And again, the MVG Gremlins return gob. Middle stage of the game, he looked his old self, averaging about 102-103 and didn't get over the line. Yep. I don't know what more to say, mate. Your your pal is, is struggling. We are into... September now, and Michael Van Gogh has not won a tournament this year. And when we were joking about in February, March time, when he was at Pro Tours and not picking up, and he missed out on the Masters and didn't look like he was going to do anything at the Premier League and the like, and we're saying, is he going to win a TV tournament this year? And we were absolutely mad to ask that question. It looks like, in fact, if the Netherlands do not win the World Cup of Darts next weekend. That's the poll next week. Will Michael Van Gerwen win a TV title this year? TV or just title? Well, there's not that many pro tours left, to be honest. So we could just chuck, will Michael Van Gerwen win a title this year? Seven, seven pro tours, I think. Block of three and a block of four. Um, yeah. But watching it, it is purely in his head. Because the middle part of the game, he averaged 100, the best part of 102 the night before. And he was around 102, 103 again for large parts of this game, Liam. Purely a mental thing at the moment. Overthinking it when it comes to the back end of games. Yeah, exactly. And I suppose when he's been at the top for as long as he has and has won as many titles as he has done... It is always going to play on his point. This has never happened since Michael Van Gogh has taken off. Um, he's used to winning titles monthly, weekly. It, it, it became easy for him. Now he's even admitted in his interviews that he's saying he is struggling uh, and he's just doing the wrong things at the wrong time. And we know in this sport, if you think about what you're doing too much at the wrong time, it is going to go wrong. It's such the mental side of the sport is often um, diminished or it's not talked about enough because of how important it is. It's clearly playing on his mind. That's what's causing a couple of missed doubles, the straight arts that are just not going, that used to go, then pop-pop finishes that he used to take out with ease or make him look easy. Um, And he is struggling. And the longer it goes on, the more difficult this is going to become for him. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Look, I'm still confident. Always, always going to back me, boy. Um, but yeah, um, Melly in the chat room, don't worry about your spelling. We all, we, we all have those days. It's all good in the yeah. hood. 
Bill knew full well Lee couldn't make the show today and still put his name on the bloody list. <laughs> yeah, you know. That happens. Um, I love, by the way, I, I'm not having a go, but I love, by the way, that our little snippet of the show still says, for an hour or so. <laughs> on this week, when we've got to do the Euro Tour, the Challenge Tour, the World Cup preview, and you still wrote for the next hour or so. Who on earth are you kidding, Philip? <laughs> um, quarterfinals. And this is where the arena really took place as well. It was a sellout for the evening session, and what a session of darts it was. Luke Humphreys getting the better of Joe Cullen, 6-4. Really good game. Rat-tat-tat darts. And I loved every minute of it. Uh, the Iceman, 6-4 winner over Brendan Dolan. Jose D'Souza falling over the line in the nicest possible terms against Adam Gaulas. And Peter Wright losing 6-2 to Michael Smith. First of all, we'll, we'll do the Peter Wright one, Liam. Do you think not playing in the afternoon... Was a hindrance for him. Yeah, he didn't look himself. I think he only averaged ninety-one. It just looked a little bit lackluster from him. Um, I don't know how in shoot how eager he was. I know they they want to win every event, but he just didn't wasn't seem to be clicking in the even big opportunity. Michael Smith done well, um, had a bit of a run, but yeah, I think that was certainly a hindrance to Peter Rice. Um, and he just didn't quite look himself in that game. 91 average from Peter Wright is unusual. Yeah. Got one for you, because I know you're, you're a huge fan. Jose, although although he won, we didn't see the big averages, the big scoring from him over the weekend, did we? No, but the fact he got this far without that, I think is a sign of, improvement for Jose. Again, he's another that had a very emotional couple of weeks being part of the same management company. Um, in, in previous weeks, months gone by, Jose loses if he doesn't average more than 93, 94. If he's, if he's slightly off his game, no good for him. Normally, don't get me wrong, it is a big drop. It's normally like mid-80s if he has an absolute howler. To get over the line, averaging 90, first time back in front of a Euro Tour crowd, probably the biggest crowd he's played in front of since, what? Not even sure. Mm. Not in the World Series, not match play, maybe? But, but uh, those the same that was smaller. Smaller, but I'd say the match play was noisier. Yeah. So that that's always been the question around Jose because so much of his, his success has come from stage events behind closed doors. So to, to grind out a result against a stable mate in that condition to get over the line, not ideal, not perfect, but it's still ranking money. It's still prize money. Basically, well, guaranteed to be in the European Championships now. So winning ugly is, is sometimes just as important as Winning with a pretty average. Yeah, no, look, I don't don't disagree. Semi-finals: Luke Humphreys against Gavin Price, Jose De Souza against Michael Smith. 
Luke Humphreys has averaged a ton, Liam, and got whopped by a rampant yeah. world champion. Yeah, and he played really well all weekend, Luke Humphreys. I've been really impressed with the, his his performance in recent months. I think he's going to be go right right to the very top. I think he's been absolutely brilliant. But averaging 107, and like I said earlier on, the big players turn it on when they need to. And I mean, he averaged 92. I think the highest, that was his highest average over the first three games. And then he goes and averaged 107 against Humphreys. Uh, 7-4. It wasn't a bad performance by Humphreys on another day. He could have probably won it. Uh, but just absolutely emphatic from Garvin Price. Uh, and he was in the mood from then on. Correct. Second semi-final god, Michael Smith, 7-5 over Jose the Salzer and, and Smith deserved in this one, got in front early doors and just, just kept Jose at arm's, arm's length. Yeah, mature performance from Smith. He, he's done a lot of talking this year without really backing up. Pro Tour victory earlier in the year, I believe. Um, obviously not been the most opportunities to back it up, but yeah, good performance from Michael Smith again to get over the line. Um, Jose has been the better player for the last six months, so Decent scalp for Michael. He's got to start working his way back up the rankings. Um, not that he's miles off, but you know what I mean? If, if you've got intentions of, of being where Michael Smith is, ninth in the world right now, you want to be top eight minimum. So he needs to start moving up that bit. So it's a good result. And it kept him in the hunt for a spot in the World Cup. Yes, because, again, no one's actually said when the cutoff is, was, however... That we we obviously know now, um, and Burley Boy has joined us in perfect timing. He asks, "Who won?" This man did, and 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 again, got an absolute stunning performance in the final. The average finished near 109, but for large parts of that, it was well over the 112, 113 mark. Yeah, you have to come to me first for this one, don't you? And that's a superb performance from Gezi. <laughs> there have been genuine concerns that Gezi, the world champion of form, has just been lacking a bit. Obviously, he missed the Premier League, didn't play a lot of competitive darts, has, has had big gaps compared to the others that are in that top eight, top 16 because of that. And actually, in terms of returning to the Pro Tours and that sort of thing, had moderate success, but not the levels of domination that perhaps his form from the World Championship and last year would have suggested. He's missed out a fair bit so far this year. And actually, the form from the start of this event suggested this wasn't on the cards either. But the turnaround after that change against Damon Hetta was superb. And he's got himself a title and he is the first Hungarian darts trophy winner. And that will really please Marco van Gerwen. Oh, wrong one. <laughs> Oh, yay, we get to see him dance again. This is fun. <laughs> Boise asked for it in the chat room. And there it is. Gezi celebrates his win with a little boogie. Um, no, but overall, how good was it to have the Euro Tour back, though, like we expect? We call them mini-majors for a reason because they're, they are in front of a big crowd, they're played on a stage. I know a lot of people, on, there was issues with PDC TV this weekend, which, again, credit to the PDC. They haven't hidden. Matt was very vocal on social media last night saying, look, we'll get it sorted. People will be contacted. 
I believe one of the issues with a lot of people saying about the war cons not being shown, this was actually being shown on Hungarian TV. So, and the stream was being taken from their TV pictures, I believe. So that's what the issue was regarding the walk-ons. I'm not sure they had all the commercial rights and whatever for the walk-on music and everything like that. But back to the original point, Liam, how good was it to have the Euro Tour back? Oh, it was brilliant. And I believe look, we can see the potential that these uh, venues have. Um, obviously, it was brilliant to see it held in Budapest. We have one coming up in Amsterdam. It really chop, chop changes it up a little bit compared to the usual pro tours. We, we know we have the majors on there. And it shows how big the sport is growing in these places. Uh, East, I mean, um, and it looks like the venue in Budapest has great potential. And there, I'm sure there's other pockets in Europe that will provide equally as uh, big opportunity for growth and we can see some big big events being taken place in the future in some of these venues yeah um as you can see everyone joe cullen is, is is teed up there at the moment we've got a little clip there were some some good sound bites from the the weekend i think it's fair to say um starting with this one from from joe we discussed it last week and by the sounds of it, the players have also been discussing it. I actually spoke about it, you know, with a few people. Um, I've never agreed with the rule that you don't get the money on your rankings anyway, because I think that you've, you've earned the right to be a seat, so you've earned the right to get the money on your rankings. But I think especially this year with two events, I, I think it had to be looked at this year. In effect, Michael Van Gerwen, Gerwen Price, Peter Wright, Johnny Clayton lost Premier League champion. There's four players there, in effect, might not be at the European Championship finals. Dimitri's already missing out, Chizzy's missing out. Fair enough with people like Dimitri and Chizzy, but I think that the seeds, I think should get the money this time because there's only two events, in my in my opinion. Um, so I, I think that sort of side of things needs to be looked at, definitely. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one because, like you say, two defeats for the seeds and good luck yeah. the TV. But, 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 but it's not that. It's, it's not as if they've been handed handed a, a, a you know a, a favourable draw, or whatever. They've earned the right all year. We've played for 12 months under horrible circumstances to earn the right to be a seed. So I think the seeds should get the money. And like I say, I think I think if I think if you want to say the big three, you want to say the big three. I mean Peter, Michael, and Gezi. I think if one of them say loses both first round both times, I think it'll be addressed. And I think that one of I think that the criteria will change. Didn't hold back, boys, did he? Bang on! Absolutely bang on! And I like it. I like the honesty. We don't get that very often from the players, but not afraid to speak out. It's been a frustrating year for people all over the place. And it speaks a lot of sense. Yeah. Oh, not bad for a Man United fan. Uh, big, big Man United fan as, um, um, uh, uh, as well. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And, look, the big three didn't, miss out in the first round so that problem headache hasn't arisen but it would have been interesting also um for those that haven't checked it out yet this is on our youtube channel this is just a little little soundbite i tell you what i love interviewing this lad because he gives you everything um and we're going to play this clip and this is a real in a real mindset from nathan aspinall what the last 
year has been like and, and very, very honest again. We'll, we'll, we'll touch on this in a minute. It's amazing how, you know, any, any young lads watching this interview don't get complacent, which is what I've done for the last 12 months. I've become lazy. You can't rely on ability alone. You have to put the hours in. And I've started putting the hours in. And, you know, it might all go wrong tomorrow, but... You know, the first performance back after working hard, I produced a fantastic performance to be a great player. And, uh, you know, that just proves that you have to have to practice. What you said there about the youngsters and not being complacent, when you're in all these TV events and in all these fabulous venues, is it easy to slip into that mode yeah. of thinking, I've got this sorted? Yeah, I think it is. I think everyone starts playing darts um, to, to get on the big stages to earn money for, for yourself and your family. And then once you start, that money starts rolling in week in, week out, and you're in every single TV event, you think... I don't need to practice. Um, but then very quickly, as quick as you can get to the top, you can very quickly go down. And I've been slipping down recently, and I've gone back to basics, and I've gone back to working hard. Um, I think I think of the, the titles and the money that I've thrown away over the last 12 months of being lazy, and that's my motivation. I'm not in the Grand Slam. That's another motivation. You know, I should be winning Pro Tours. I'm a top 10 player. I should be winning Pro Tours. I've got to work hard to win them pro tours, but I should be picking one up at least a year in my head. Um, so yeah, I've got complacent, but I'm now working hard again. And rest assured, you know, I'm, near, I'm getting getting back to how I was. Give me another month, and yeah, you'll see full asp, as they say. <laughs> really, really good piece from Aspinall M. Yeah, I really like his honesty. I think he's great personality on and off the hockey, and that really shows, shines through when he's playing. Uh, and everything he said there is very relevant, especially to a certain cohort of players. It's as easy to go up as it is to go down. It's even easier to when you to get when you get to, to the top to fall down. And we've seen that with a number of players that. I won't say some of them maybe have got complacent, got lazy, especially with the COVID. They wasn't practicing it much, as much. And when you start to take that slide, it's very, very difficult to come back up. Uh, Aspinall, like I said, he realised now what he's done wrong in the last 12 months. He's addressing it. Uh, and I'm sure there's some big, big things to come from him in the next uh, 12 to 18 months now that he's putting the practice in again uh, and addressing those issues uh, that, that clearly have caused him some issues in in recent times. Yeah, definitely. Right, from there. First of all, Lee, your question. I don't know because I haven't been around, but I will, I'm back on tomorrow, so I will find out. Um, this man, Mr. Jim Williams, now has a PDC tour card. He chopped, topped the UK Challenge Tour order of merit job and was this the best opportunity for Jim to do this because his Q score record and success isn't particularly great so this will be a huge relief that he hasn't got to go to the lottery of Q school yeah I think so look Jim is a fantastic player and one that probably should have found himself in the PDC a little bit earlier than he will now do especially with making the world final in, in the BDO and, and winning everything that he did um, within that system. He, he should have been the next player off the production line, basically. And it's been a massive disappointment for him and, and people that support him that he hasn't made that step up already because he's clearly got ability. But this year, he's, he's worked on his game. You can see that little bit more of an edge to him in 
the decisive moments. I think we've seen that. I'm just going to drop it in there in the live league because obviously he's been superb in that. He, he's he just got when when the pressure's on him, there just seems to be that little bit more about him this year, and I think that's what's got him over the line in the challenge tour. Um, thoroughly deserved his card. Um, lucky to everybody that was chasing Sean Mack. What a performance, by the way, mate. Considering you basically pity darts up a couple of weeks before Q School just gone. Um, been superb year for you, mate. Um, massively unlucky to miss out on that as well if you're watching. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll have a look at the rankings in a minute. But the other one from Germany, and I'm not going to lie, I am extremely happy with this one. One, he's a fabulous player. But two, the sacrifices he made this year, Liam, to come over from Canada and play on the Challenge Tour when, realistically, the Challenge Tour prize money would not cover his outlay for quarantine when he goes home to Canada and everything like that. So, massive respect for Matt Campbell, who now has a PDC Tour card. Yeah, and he's got the golden ticket at the end of it. Um, I really like Matt. I think he's a great player. Uh, and obviously, them sacrifice. We've seen the sacrifice that some of the players have made from from uh, Canada and America. Uh, Jeff Smith has it's been very uh, vocal on social media about how difficult it is to come over with the situation with COVID and etc. At the moment, but Matt clearly believed in his ability. He went to them events knowing that he would pick up enough. Uh, would pick up results in order to get the the tour card and now uh he's got the golden ticket at the end and it's gonna he's gonna be a great addition uh to the field uh of pdc players and i'm looking forward to seeing him in the world cup as well uh coming up and i think that he has more is more than capable of making an impact which he's shown it before on the the big stage and on the floor events now in the pdc um and hopefully it will get a little bit easier for him in terms of uh, the COVID situation. It'll be easier for him to travel to these events. Yeah, we're going to go through the challenge tour now. We're not going to look at everything, but we're going to do it this way because it, it, it's easier. Um, challenge tour seven. Sure, we've seen this game in the live league. God, but Martin Thomas five two over Shawnee Matt in in the final. Mate, we've seen a lot of that quarterfinal lineup in the live league at some point. Um, and th- from what I gather, it's the talk of the challenge tour as well. Lots of players that have played in it and lots of players that haven't have been speaking about it this weekend while they've, while they've been up there um, with with either pride or envy or, or glee that they've had the chance to be involved in it and it's set them up for really good runs at the challenge tour. Um, Martin Thomas has been fan- one of those players that's benefited from that, as is Sean McDonald. Um, yeah, good result for Martin, obviously, puts him up there. Yeah, um, we'll do all the UK ones and then we'll do the Europe ones. Start rolling up. And again, we've seen this one before, Gob. <laughs> Just a bit, the final four in particular. Um, yeah, quality again, Matt Denon, um, superb to get over the line. You almost think that is I want to see Denon on the tour again because he's been one of those players that's just been there constantly on the challenge, 
puts in a good performance, perhaps doesn't back it up. He needs to up his consistency that little bit, but he is a name that has just been around as the nearly man for so long now, and he probably deserves another shot at that tour, but he needs to add that extra level to his game. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Um, it's going to be going to be interesting. But congratulations to Matty Darren Beveridge will be kicking himself though. I believe he missed six or seven match starts, and hindsight's a wonderful thing. If he wins that match, I believe he wins his tour card. Harsh one to take, Liam. Yeah, I mean, when it's so close, um, you can look at the top of the players and the, the final standings there at the end. Um, <laughs> looking to down through the list, it's harder to find players that haven't played in the live league than the ones who actually uh, have, because it's just littered with them here at the moment. But I suppose the margins are so fine. Um, Sean found that the weekend, I'd say, as well. And all the players who are so close, I mean, it's literally just a couple of hundred uh, pounds that are separating uh, the top five or six names, which is difficult to take, but it proves to them that they're not that far away. They know they have the capabilities of making it to the big stage. Um, and all this match practice will be great for these players heading into Q school. They're getting exposure, they're getting game time, which will really serve them well when they go to Q school and try and get their, their card. So look, he does miss out on, on the challenge tour. But I'm certainly the more games these players get, the better they're going to get, and the more chance they have of getting the tour card um, when they go to Kuska. And then an interesting one here, obviously Reese Robinson that we've we've seen a lot of, but a huge run from Danny Lalby, and that was that that was nice to see as well, Gob. Yeah, look, Danny is a player that has talent. He just needs to be playing more consistently. We saw that. Uh... Hughes School last year. Hopefully, we'll get to see the best of him in the World Cup with Chuck this year. Um, decent result for him, decent run for him, um, but a, a victory for Reese Robinson in the end. Um, another player we know very well. Yeah, no, I, completely. Um, and yeah, it's just just nice to see that hard work's paying off for for some of these, um, which is which is obviously great. To see, I'm sorry, I'm just tearing up the next one. Yeah. Nice little uh, quarterfinal in that one for Niall as well in the chat room. Missing yeah. out to Danny, but solid run there. And while you're teeing up the next one, the top three, by the way, in the UK were separated by £150 on the ranking. The difference is Martin Thomas in event number 11, losing in the semi final. If he wins that, he's probably top. And Sean McDonald losing in the final in the first event. If either of those had won those games, they overtake Jim Williams. Yeah. Fine, um, fine Challenge tour number 10. Nathan Rafferty, a man, again, that, that has pedigree on, on the dev tour and in and around it. And not a surprise, um, Liam, to see Nathan Rafferty doing bits. No, uh, he's a player that has really... Um, has has the potential. We've seen him in the UK Open before a couple of years ago. I think he reached the last 32. He's been around for a while. He's He's been in this uh, scenario before. Um, and he wasn't far away as well. A couple of hundred pounds, I think it was about 750 
5,800 that he was uh, away from getting the torque out. So that, it's not a lot. That, that gap to bridge in terms of getting the torque out and being close uh, has shown he's had the consistency in these events to reach, to go deep, and he, win, he won the title, and it all will serve as good experience. And he was not far away from getting the torque out. And like I said, 90 average there in the final. Uh, good performance, 94 in the quarterfinals. They're good, good averages. Um, and he will, he will certainly won't be going away anytime soon. No, not at all. Um, Winnie, uh, we'll let you off. Not a problem. And then number 11, huge, huge shout out and nice little touch on this one. James Richardson, 10 years after getting to his first PDC final gob, picks up a challenge tour title. And I'm sure James won't mind me saying this. This was overdue as well. For someone with James's ability, this win was overdue this year. Yeah, definitely. Look, we, again, we've seen the calibre of the man in the Lively. We've seen the calibre of the man in, on the Pro Tour and in Euro Tours previously. He's, he's one of those players that just doesn't seem to quite do enough to hang around the Tour, doesn't quite produce those runs often enough when he's in with the big boys, but a well-deserved victory for James after the way he's played this year. Yeah completely um and the last challenge tour in milton Keynes. again another man that has huge huge pedigree and we've seen him it's either sublime or donald duck but cameron menzies gets it right liam and this is one man that his a game is absolutely stunning but it's either his aim game or it's division six in the Donald, um, red line against the Donald Duck. Yeah, and I think that's what makes him such a great watch. I mean, he only lost four legs in his in his last four matches. The last 16 quarterfinal, semifinal, final. Four legs, average 104 in the final. I mean, that is just, that's just terrific. I mean, like you said, when he's on, he's certainly on, um, has so much potential, Cameron. Uh, and we've seen that before. I mean, some of the average that he posted in the final event are just terrific. 104 in the final, 93 in the semi-finals, 94 in the last 16. I mean, that is good enough to compete at the highest level. There's no doubt about that. He just has to find um, that B game because, uh, like you said, when it's off, it does go um, dreadfully wrong sometimes. But certainly when he is firing, 104 average in a final, it would be good enough to win uh, a Pro Tour event, let alone a Challenge Tour event. Um, and he's a really good watch when he's on on, the, on his A game. Moving across would into you like Germany. Wait, wait. Would oh, you God. like to hear the most Cameron Menzies story ever? I'm, I'm literally getting a message about it as we speak. On the Saturday morning, with his hotel five miles away, he left his darts at the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> and only realised... After the draw was made, luckily he was on third. Somebody went back to get them, and then he wins an event on Sunday afternoon. If Cameron Menzies ever makes it full-time as a pro, he needs to employ somebody to just be his brain for him because he's class, he's hilarious, and he's got so much ability. But how many times are we going to hear these stories about Cameron Menzies? That's class. Um, what a boy. <laughs> yeah. Jose Destizia celebrates a World Cup call-up with a title. Very good weekend for Spain in Germany. But again, Jose, we've seen him at the Ali Pali, a man with pedigree, 
And no real surprise with, with this one, Gob, that he's in and around winning titles on the Challenge Tour. No, he's, he's a superb player. He um, knows how to wind up a few world champions if you ever watch live streams before as well. Um, but yeah, superb. <laughs> a very, very talented dark player. Um, very, very good win that. Yeah. Beating Ruby John as well on the way. Big win that. Spanish double. Because Tony Alcinas is back as well. I did not see this one coming. Sorry, I know that should be your one to talk about, Liam, but I did not see a Tony Alcinas win coming. I, I thought he'd, he'd pretty much packed up and, and that was the last we were going to see of him. Um, but that's not a bad way to to start the day if you're a Spaniard. No, not, not, not at all. And a Spanish double on the opening day. And then... We've got German winner, Stephen Neuster, beating Jimi Hendrix um, in the final. And Jose getting to a semi-final. But another German winner, Liam. With the German conveyor yeah. belt is now starting to produce winners. And it, it is. It, we are going to see a lot more of this, I reckon. I mean, we've seen some big, big players come through for Germany in the last couple of years. We talk about Max Hopp, uh, Gabriel Clemens. I'm not, I don't know much about Stephen Neuster now, but he... If you're winning titles on the Challenge Tour, you must, you have to be a good player. It's it's not fluky. He's been some uh, big players on his way there. Uh, Jimi Hendrix in the final, uh, Michael Rastovitz in the quarter final. I know he only averaged 78, but a player with some pedigree there as well. We've seen him uh, do bits before. So, uh, I mean, this conveyor belt, with, with, there was a lot of German players in the field. And it's a good sign for German darts at the moment that these players are coming through. And, and one of these German players is going to make a massive impact in the next couple of years, I reckon. Um, there's too much talent there, not for them, uh, not for one of them to make a big, big impact in the PDC. Big fan of this one. This young man, only 17 years of old, Sebastian Bilalecki from Poland, a man with a big reputation. Nine darts in the UK Open. And God, this boy has a big, big future in world darts. They both do. Don't forget, Kevin Dirtz has just signed a deal yeah. with Target. Um, superb advert for young European darts players. I want to look at the court final lineup in this one, by the way. Bialecki, Vainig, Tricol, Ruby John, Doitz, Hustisia, Rastovitz, and Christian Kiss. That is loaded. That is a sort of quality we expect to see in every single one of these. And sometimes, obviously, that just doesn't work out. But that is a solid, solid quarterfinal lineup, and for the youngster to come through all of that probably makes that win even that little bit more impressive. Yeah, completely agree with you. Now moving on to the final day, this was the one I think that got Matt Campbell over the line. He added to his Challenge Tour titles, Liam, and th this is probably the one that set him up with one to go, thinking I'm just about there. Yeah, I reckon. I mean, it, it wasn't certain, but I reckon he knew that he'd probably done enough. Very, very solid. Um, has been the most consistent player on the European Challenge Tour. 90 average in the final, 5-0 win. He coasted a victory there. Big win in the quarterfinal as well. 96 average, showing that he has the pedigree to succeed at the very highest level. Um, 95, he beat Jose in the last 16. Big, big wins with big, big averages. 
and he proved that he was the best player in the field over all of the events um, and a great, great watch as well as, as Matt Campbell. And the final one to wrap up, Challenge Tour 2021. Not a surprise either. Luke Peters has done bits on the Pro Tour this year. Looked look very, very good in spells when he's come in and played. And for him to pick up a title, not a surprise. Yeah, he, he, was, he was a name that stood out for me at Q School. He was fantastic all the way back then. So he's having a really good year and, and rounds it off really nicely. Um, doesn't quite do enough collectively, finishes eighth overall, but a deserved win for a player that's, that's played some good darts this year. Yeah, no, completely agree. And it's just like magic, we, we, we come back. Um, yeah, that, that was the challenge tour. It was a bit, bit different this year, but congratulations to Jim Williams and Matt Campbell, who now have golden tickets in tour cards, world championship spots, and spots in the Grand Slam of darts. So, a little bit excessive, that last one for me, but, you know, they've earned it, or they've earned the cards and, and everything that comes with it this year, so. Right, well, World Cup time. Before we come on to the draw schedule and everything like that, our soundbite bar is back. Um, Certain, certain miss, Mr. Peter Wright let the cat out of the bag on Saturday night, which, which was interesting in our WhatsApp chat, God, but we'll, we'll play you the clip. So I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you going to spill the beans? What? On who you're playing with? Well, I was watching the was in your front camp the other day, you already know. No, uh, I've, you know, uh, unfortunately, uh, Gary's uh, not going to play. Um, uh, personal reasons, I, I ain't got a clue. Big John Anderson, so I'm going to look, look forward to that. And me and Big John's going to have a great big party, and we're going to go and take it home. It will be medium sized Hendo and Snake Bite at the World Cup, Gob. That'll do. Hello. Disappointing, gutting Gary's not going to be there, obviously, especially someone who is a Gary Anderson fan. Um, well, look, that, that's still a steady enough Scotland team, I think. Peter Wright's experience, natural level, playing for your country, that might just help John Henderson along. Obviously, it's not ideal if it was to be a final and a, and a best of five against maybe the Welsh. You'd, you'd fancy the Welsh because of the golfing class between Clayton, Gezi and, and Hendo. Wright can contend, but you'd probably say he'd have to go perfect in those um, and in the pairs. But look, not unexpected, is it? Let's be honest. No, um, but I, I just love the fact that Peter watches the show. That's um, yeah, that's, that's, that's the highlight for me. <laughs> um, Genuinely convinced but, yeah. it wasn't him, but we were going to play up to it anyway. <laughs> and then, yeah, <laughs> it, is, it is. Peter Sankey, right? Fan of the live lands, things you love to hear. But the draw came out today, and I'm going to say it again. I don't like pre-recorded draws. Nope. Not a fan. But we have the draw for the Kazoo World Cup of Darts. England, number one seed, will face Brazil. Spain, South Africa, 
Germany versus Canada. What a belter of a game that is as well. Russia versus Japan. Belgium versus Croatia. Austria against the Philippines. Northern Ireland against Hong Kong. Republic of Ireland against Portugal. Bottom half of the draw. Wales against Finland. Hungary against Lithuania. Australia against Italy. USA against Sweden. Netherlands against Denmark. Gibraltar against Singapore. Scotland against China and the Czech Republic against Poland. Liam, apart from one or two, the draw has been quite kind to the seeded teams in this one. Yeah, definitely. You just take a little look down through the seeds. Uh, England will be happy with their draw. So will, will Belgium, Northern Ireland have a good draw. Australia, there's no games for them big seeds that you think there's a big big danger of going out there i think it's the the non-seeded games that we see we're going to see some really good matchups hopefully um in the way of germany it probably has the toughest seed to draw there that's an incredibly tough match like we said we spoke a lot about matt campbell earlier in the uh earlier in the show and him with jess smith i think can be really really dangerous uh, gone into the World Cup. Yeah, for, for you, Gob, seats in danger? Look, the thing is, Pairs is a great leveller, isn't it? And we've seen that before. We've seen players struggle to, to get into that. Will James Wade and Dave Chisnell complement each other's games? Will that give Brazil a chance? Diogo would have to play very, very well. Um, they're probably okay. Northern Ireland against Hong Kong. We've seen what Hong Kong can do in the past. Definitely. Croatia's not a walkover, you know. Against the Belgians right. in the pairs. Look, Dimi and Kim are fantastic in this event and you can't back their, not their pedigree, but I'm not sure some of these are the, the massive walkovers in a short format pairs game that everybody thinks these are. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Um, Austria-Philippines is one that catches my eye. Yeah, definitely. And, and that's the thing. Look, the draw's been somewhat kind to some of these teams, some of these seeds in the first round. But when you look at the potential ties with the game underneath and the singles players that are going to go with that, makes for quite interesting matchups. Yeah. Scotland I really, against I really either like... Czech Republic or Poland could be absolutely brutal, especially if you get someone like if if that were if that's Poland, for instance, and that's Ratajski against Henderson, and they're pretty much banking on getting to a pairs. That is a tough assignment. The Christophs yeah, no, can do bits for Poland. Yeah, no, I I yeah. I, I agree. Um. Just, just looking at it, until so I've got the drawer. I've just again, I was loading up the, the bracket drawer um, as well. So obviously, with interesting ones as well. Team Aust- oh, sorry, Team USA, not as we hoped and wanted. Uh, Chuck Puel comes in for Danny Baggish with Danny Lauby, which again, it's, it's a good pairing, but it's not as good as Lauby and Baggish. I think it's fair to say, God. 
Well, yeah, because they're missing their tour card holder, aren't they? Danny's <laughs> sort of like burst onto it last year, did bits at the, at the Worlds, and unfortunately, he's not going to be there because of COVID restrictions and the like. He's, he's tweeted about it already. Um, that definitely weakens them a little bit. Um, Sweden could be a, a very steady side as well. Um, Daniel Larsson. Um, Lithuania-Hungary is a very, very intriguing match. Yeah. I like, I like that, that a lot. Yet. I like that a lot. I think an interesting one as well is I'm going to go to Liam on this one is Ireland Portugal. Because if Portugal can take it to the pairs, they've got half a chance if Jose plays well. If Jose plays well is a good question because we've already talked about yeah. his pedigree in front of the crowd. Is he going to turn? Uh, is is he going to set the standards on the stage in front of that crowd under the added pressure of playing um, the pairs competition as well? Is he going to perform? Uh, we know the pedigree of Republic of Ireland before they've actually they've, they've, they've done well. That's a good pairing uh, with Lennon and O'Connor. Um, but yeah, Portugal, big question marks around just uh, Jose de Souza and whether he can bring that A game uh, in front of in front of the crowd. And again, round two, they've both got a win, obviously, but a potential Ireland derby. Yeah, and I really like the look of the Northern Ireland team as well. I reckon Brendan Nolan has shown great form this year. If Gurney can bring uh, the form there, they're definitely definitely in the, a great outsider uh, for the title and I reckon they they could they could prove uh, many people wrong I like God bet me to it earlier on the Czech Republic Poland game is massive Poland have a great team and I reckon as an outsider non-seeded team Poland could do bits in this tournament they look decent Christoph Kuchuk is a good player as is Ratajski um so, look, there's lots of if, buts and maybes, which makes the World Cup uh, so intriguing. Doc, you've often said it, darts is the only sport where fairy tales come true. The number seven seeds is the dream, the fairy tale going to come true. I think I'd cry if it does. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I think... Look, Wade's playing for England and whatever, but I'm an Australia fan for this event. Not for the first time either, but I'm an Australia fan for the World Cup of Darts this year. It would be ridiculous. Look, Seed 7 is, is not a good place to be because you do run into the Welsh if it all goes to plan. I mean, they're in a nice little segment, Italy, USA, Sweden, without being disrespectful to any of those. Italy have got two complete newbies, considering they had players at Q School and stuff as well. I'm not really sure how their team's been picked. Don't recognise either of their names, being honest. USA, obviously weaker for not having Danny Bagish. Um, and who's in the Sweden team? Larsen and Enstrom. Enstrom had an OK run um, at the Nordic and Baltic, I think. But should they really test Australia in two singles match on a pairs? Probably not. And then it's... Can they do the business against Wales? Can Whitlock produce one of his ridiculous performances to upset one of the two? Can Hetter had a very, very good shot at going price at the weekend? Yeah. It's only the change of equipment that really turned that one around. It's not impossible. 
and actually the Netherlands, I'm not convinced this time round. Scotland aren't as strong. Peter Wright would have to do a lot of work. You, you could arguably see Poland maybe coming through that bottom part of the draw if you're going to put your neck out or even the Czech Republic. One of those who could cause a lot of upsets on that way. You're in the right half of the draw there, just in the wrong quarter of it. Yeah, agreed. You two, get, put your thinking caps on. You know what's coming in a minute. I'm going to jump back into the chat room as well. Andrew, that's a very, very cynical way of thinking, my friend. But I like it. Um, Finland, no tour card holders instead of Lithuania um, with Manners Rasma. What's that about the PDC lining up a World Series event in Helsinki or something? Um, yeah, look, we, we spoke about it last week and the same again this week. Just my opinion. Um, we will get everyone's thoughts in the chat room and you boys as well. For me, it's not right to have nations in there that don't have tour card holders over and leaving nations out that do have a tour card holder. For me, that doesn't quite sit right. I fully understand that this is an invitational event and it was created to, to grow the game, but there needs to be more regimented qualification criteria for the teams and countries now. Latvia being announced by PDC Europe and Baltic, uh, Nordic and Baltic and then being told actually no you're not in on Twitter horrific genuinely <laughs> yeah a huge cock up whoever did it sorry but it was um there has to be it has to be a little bit more regimented now the event is getting bigger and bigger as as UK fans we absolutely adore this event the chat room goes buzzing for the World Cup. You ask anyone what their favourite event is. The World Cup is different because we get to see pairs. We get to see this. We actually, I guess it's not so big elsewhere because a lot of nations around the world only have one or two players on the tour. So they are very patriotic towards those players. They will support them. A lot of Dutch people in the chat room will support Van Gerwen. You've got Juanita, who's an Aussie, so she looks out for all the Aussies. I can't sit and look out for every single Englishman in the tournament because there's still too many of them in comparison to everybody else. I'm not going to support yeah. every England player. So this is the only chance I really get to support England. And this year, I'm not even going to do that. No. Your thoughts on the um, seat or the nations, Liam? Yeah, I think there's been a lot of uncertainty around the, the qualification. Who's in, who's out for what team, what team is in. Who is going to represent that team going into this World Cup needs to be a lot clearer. If I was Rada Manders Raspa, I would be understandably very, very annoyed that I wouldn't have the opportunity to represent my country. It's a proud moment, but uh, potentially if he had the opportunity to play for Latvia um, as a unique sport really in that region in that country that he would have felt that it was a big opportunity for him for exposure in his own country to grow the sport and it's a bit of a kick in the teeth to him and to Latvia that he isn't in um, over countries uh, that don't have tour card holders and like Gob said the qualification the uh, criteria has to be a lot clearer for this event with because um, it's just a little bit unfair uh, on Latvia in particular, in my opinion. And yeah, and no. on the players as well, the qualification system for the players to get in there as well, because it's, it's very, very late um, to know who's in and out. And the way 
uh, some of the players have found out that their in and out isn't right, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I, I agree. We'll come on to it in a minute. Just a couple in the chat room. Um, round one, it's um, there's no individual walk-ons. But I think for the singles from round two, they do do individual walk-ons. Have I made that up? I don't think so. I don't think so. I can't remember. No, because they just... No. Don't they walk on as a team and then leave one player on the stage? Mm, yeah, it might be. Um... Because, the event um, needs to be longer, by the way. What? You'd want it over a week? Yes. No, I don't, yes. don't dislike it. Um, someone asked about the seedings. The, 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 the seedings are worked out on the combined rankings of both players. That's why England are seeded one. For it because I think they Chisnell still would have been one, even if it was as long as Wade was one of them, they could have picked Chisnell, Smith, or Aspinall and still been seeded one. Yeah, just um, so schedule is, is obviously up there. But chat room, let us know as well. Come and get involved. Who wins the Kazoo World Cup of Darts? And first of all. Who wins and who do they beat in the final, gentlemen? Going to come to Liam first on this one. Yeah, I'll have to. But while you have a quick look, it seems like a good time to end the poll, Phil, because that's what we are now talking about. It's been up there all night, 133 votes. 53% of you guys say that Wales will not defend their crown. Yeah, so it's an interesting call. Um, I thought it's slightly old. Yeah, I thought that many people would think that Wales would, but it's, especially with the withdrawal of Gary Anderson. So it'd be interesting to see who doesn't think that. There's over sixty of you out there that are saying that. Yeah, the, the Anderson facet changes the like dynamic, by the way, so don't forget to do that. Yeah, make sure you drop us a like. Um, yeah, the, the lack of Gary Anderson changes the, the, the dynamic. It does. Just out of interest, but... if Gary had played, would Scotland be seeded one? Yes. Yeah. I think... Let me. Yeah, because wouldn't it be two uh, and eight? Yeah. Two and six, yeah. They're for, comfortably. Yeah. Comfortably. Manita's going Australia to beat England in the final. I just had a little scan down through the draw. I reckon, I, personally, I don't think Wales will be stopped. I think they will go all the way. And I like the look of Belgium, a Belgium-Wales final. 
I reckon I think Belgium will beat England um, and they will beat Wales in the final because Kim Hybrex loves this event, If you, as you can see on YouTube. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is my Rob, favourite where, 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 where are you um, going, Bob? It's very, very hard to disagree with the Belgium in the final pick. Um, I think their only issue will be Austria. Um, and they do meet pretty early in the event. Um, I'd probably be more concerned about Austria if I was them, if men's have been playing a little bit more this year and it was Rusty Jake, not Roby John. But still, they are a very, very good team. Um, head versus heart. Go on, I'll put the Aussies in the final. Australia v Belgium final. Who wins? Darts. Darts is the winner. <laughs> Get off that fence. The sportsman management company is the winner. <laughs> right, I'm, I'm looking at it. I'm going slightly rogue from the top half. I think Northern Ireland get to the final. That's a good show. I've just just got got a little feeling. I I like like the pair. I I like what I saw at the weekend. I'm going to go Northern Ireland to get to the final from the top half. From the bottom half, again, I'm going Wales versus Holland in the semi-final. Of course you are. This is where this is where Phil's trying to talk himself out or talk himself into backing Holland. Every week. No, I'm, I'm going Wales. Every week. I'm going Wales, Northern Ireland final. I just think, as a pair, the Welsh have got more than the Dutch. As as an overall pair. And I'm going Wales to retain the crown. They beat Northern Ireland in the final. Um, Wiki Darts cast, how you all doing, guys? He says, I think the team should have a non-playing captain. We'd love to see Magnus Karras, Marks, Walsh, Coast, on on screen. To fact, I do like the idea of a, like, a non-playing captain type thing but I think that works better in like the Ryder Cup um, yes interesting on Twitter this week yeah I was gonna, I was gonna say um, stolen stolen our ideas but no uh, right let's jump into the chat room and see what you are all thinking a lot of love for Wales in the chat room from Jonathan um, Carl says Wales to win as well um, I want the Netherlands to win both Dirk Van Diver, but both Dirk Van Diver and Boda and MVG not in good form. Wales to win. Um, Carl says Northern Ireland runner up. Yeah, I like that. Uh, Brennan Scotland to win. England to beat Wales, Daz says. Oh, in terms of referees, I think it is George, Kirk, and Hugh. I certainly know George and Hugh are going. I think Kirk's going as well. Um, Jake says Northern Ireland. Winita, of course, you're going for the Aussies. Wouldn't expect anything else. Uh, Max says Wales to beat Belgium. A lot of love for Wales in the here. Have we written off England too early here? Or are we not giving them the respect they deserve? 
Dave Chisholm is not having a bad year. He's still yet to get over the line in a big one. But if you're playing with a partner, surely this is an opportunity to kickstart. The same way that MVG playing with Dirk van Dijvenboda might help both of them kick on from the year, from the positions they've been in. MVG needs a title. Dirk needs to get over the line for the first time. Doing that as a team is easier than doing that as an individual because if something goes wrong, there's still an opportunity for your partner to bail you out. James Wade is going to be solid. He's going to be very, very difficult to beat, especially over a short format. Yeah, but I think team camaraderie. I think team camaraderie means a lot in this. Possibly. I'm not. I'm not quite sure it's there with England. Do you not just think it'll be get up and professional job done? They both know what they're there for. When me and my friends play doubles and stuff, we have a bit of a joke. If if you've got a couple of mixed match abilities and whatever, one of my mates will always go, I'll do the scoring, you at the doubles, joking around. That's perfect for Team England, surely. James, yeah, Dave is one of the biggest on the planet. And then Dave, um, who also likes tops, by the way, will just leave Wade yeah. his favourite double. Yeah, but Chizzy's more of a 36 man where... James is tops of that. I'm, I'm just not sure the dynamic of that team works. Yeah, does he? Yeah, I'm, I'm just not sure the dynamic of that team works. No, I, I, there's something that's telling me that it's not going to work or they're not going to win it. Um, I just reckon there's better pairs in there that perform better on stage together that will have more success. Don't, I'm not for one minute doubting the ability of James Wade or Dave Chisholm. They're obviously proven top class players, but I just think certain pairs will perform better together on the stage and will have more chance of going further in the competition uh, than okay. England. Next question to you two. Who beats them? Yeah. Who beats Who, beat Who beats Team England? Benji. Either. Because we're talking about camaraderie being important, but actually, who beats them, especially from that top quarter? Um, I think Germany or Canada could beat them in the quarterfinal. Really? Yeah. Could, will. Could or will. Who beats England? Could. Look, I don't yeah, think... I right, I'm just going to say it. Right, right now, James Wade is not playing that well, in my opinion. And if it goes to a doubles game, I think England are in trouble. And under pressure, it's proven that Dave Chisnell's action does not hold up. In the biggest games... On the outer ring, yes, I completely agree. But he's got James Wade to bail him out. If James Wade gets a go at it, if it goes wrong, that if it's James Wade sets it up, Chisnell misses, someone else steps in, Wade that it's not like you can pick, oh, you go for this one. If 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 it goes out of sync, Wade might not get the opportunity to to go at the double. We shall see. Well, who, who, do you, who do you think beats them, Liam? 
I reckon that's a huge banana skin for them, the Germany or uh, Canadian winners. Uh, but I, rec I'd, I don't see them getting past Belgium. Even if they do get to a semi-final, I just think Belgium will be too strong. You've got Northern Ireland and Ireland coming out of that side of the draw as well. I just believe there's too many banana skins. There's too many tough draws. I know they can't all get there, but one of those teams, either Belgium or Germany or Canada, will be England. Yeah, I'm with you. Right, that's the World Cup done. Right, we're going to go around the weekend darts as well because it's been big. Some huge, huge news coming out as well. This is going to split opinion. We said this would possibly happen, and it has. The WDF World Masters for this year has been postponed. Now, I know we spoke about this on a previous live lounge. When the Dutch Open went, there was huge concerns that this would go the same way. And because of it now, there has to be huge question marks around the credibility of that first WDF World Championships in January, gents. There does, but at the same time, it is just essential to get it off the ground. The, the same way with the World Seniors this year, the same way that a lot of players are invited through that, through football champions... The most important aspect of that event this year is to have an event and get it off the ground and then build on it next year when things start to open back up again. Dates, com competition, all the like is meaning it's going to be a little bit of a bloodbath at some point throughout the year. We spoke about this a few weeks back when we were talking about how many world champions there could be, depending on which code of darts you affiliate or associate yourself with. This is similar. There's, there's just going to be that many events. They're all fighting for time. You look at the weekend just gone. They had the FedEx and the Solheim Cup that's, that's going on now. And they golf. Two of the biggest golf events of the year fighting for TV time. It's not ideal. We're going to end up with a similar situation or already are with a little bit of crossover with some of these events later in the year. But it's just about getting them on, proving there's a market for it and building on it for next year. There has to be something to kickstart the WDF, there has to be something to kickstart Mads World Championship. There has, there just has to be something. Liam, for you, yeah. with the with the Worlds, do the WDF just stick to the rankings? And if some of the bigger names aren't there, they miss out. Or do you think they go down? There will be some invites to this first Worlds. Um, it's, I mean, there is still big events to be played before the World Championships on the WDF calendar. There's record number of entries for the English Open that's coming up, I believe. Uh, yeah. You still got the British Open. Uh, the Irish Open is still to be played. The Welsh Open is still there as well. So there's still big opportunities for these players to qualify. Um, I know some of the big names have some of the traditional all big names the BDO system have entered um, for the English Open, Tony O'Shea being one of them. It may... I, I think they will try to avoid the whole invitational side of it if they can because it does damage the credibility of any tournament when there's a lot of invitational uh, players, especially for a world championship. But I reckon they have the foundations for the rankings up until early 2020, I believe. Um, and there's still a couple of big names in there. 
and they'll hope they'll see what will happen with the English Open. Uh, I think it's is it this weekend or the following weekend? This, this um, weekend. Base, base it maybe around what has happened at the end of November time, maybe end of October time, whether they'll choose to invite uh, players or not. Yeah, it's just an interesting one. That's all because there's been no majors in brackets now for the WDF this year. Like you say, yes, there's lots of other events, um, your gold, your silvers, and everything like that. But in terms of the the, the flagship majors, this is a, a big, big blow. And it would have been a great opportunity. I think this is the the same venue that's used for the Dutch Open. Am I right in saying that? Correct. Yeah. So it would have been massive to see a, such a traditional tournament that was held uh, in England being played in Holland, especially with the numbers that they managed to get, which the Dutch Open, it would have been probably groundbreaking for the WDF and they were really relying on this tournament to really kickstart it, like Gob said a minute ago. Um, but maybe that would just have to come at the, uh, at the lakeside um, in January for them. Yeah, no, no it's, it's, it's an interesting one. Um, Henry says, um, if there's enough gold and silver events, you can invite the winners based on that. Yeah, look, it's just floating ideas out there. Um, so tell, yeah, Susan, shout out to Susan. Hope you are well and enjoying the show. Um, right, we've we, we can say this one now, Gob. Um, the World Series event, the Nordic Darts Masters, the lineup has been revealed. <laughs> Um, Fallon Sherrick does retain her invite to it. I'm I'm pleased for it, and we dropped enough hints it was going to happen. Um, hey, if but, you paid enough attention to the show over the last few weeks when we told you she wasn't involved in this round of the Live League because of other reasons, it's because finals week clashes with the World Series. <laughs> <laughs> it's, been on, it's, been, it's been there right in front of you for weeks, and we just couldn't say it. Without saying it, yeah. Um, th- first of all, thoughts on the lineup, and because there's been a lot, lot of, lot of chat and a lot of clamour on social media about. It. Let us know in the chat room as well what what you think. Have, have they got it right, or would you have gone a different way, boys? Um, I don't know. I think the issue you've got is that. Without being disrespectful, the Fallon effect is starting to wear off a little bit. The numbers and entries for the women's series, they've already cancelled one event, and from what I understand, are not looking great for the next block. So that effect is starting to wear off just a little bit. I could understand the justification if the lineup had just stayed the same, but then swapping out Rob Cross for, I think, Johnny Clayton... It, it just doesn't – there's no consistency with the decision and the way they're going to try and justify justify or make the decision – justify the decision to, to us watching. You, you say the Fallon effect is dying. I, I disagree. And I, and I see this from the, the logistics um, and everything – or sorry, the, the um, analytics from the Live League. When she plays, numbers rocket compared to anyone else. And I'm talking not a little bit. I'm talking three or four times. When she plays, everything goes through the roof. So I think the Fallon effect is still there. 
from our point of view, yes. From the point of view that seeing more Fallon will inspire more girls to play darts, it's doing the opposite at PDC level right now. How many entries were there for the, for the women's series? 20, 25? With the majority being from the UK. I can pretty much sit here and tell you who they were now without them ever releasing that list. Because they're the players that have got a, a, a chance of winning an event, of, of winning the tour, the women's series. And look, this I reckon point, this is a... I know this is going a little bit off a tangent to the women's series debate, but... Unless you are a top 16 ladies player in the world, you've been there for the experience last year now. You've played at the PDC level. There is still a big gap between that women's series field last year and Challenge Tour and Pro Tour because we're seeing Lisa struggle to retain her card. We've seen Fallon struggle at Challenge Tour and Q School. They don't want to fund Lisa and Fallon and Dieter's big day out anymore. Yeah, but that's going to be the same on the WDF, on the, and that ladies and that ladies series. In all honesty, it's the same principle. There might be a lot more entries, but worst case scenario in twenty twenty one or sorry twenty twenty two, if Fallon and Lisa don't win their tour cards, you can pretty much name the women that will win the big WDF events. It's no different. Yeah. The, the other ladies are still funding funding them in that. But the difference between that is where the WDF series travels for the Opens, your local players will play in your Open because it supports your um, your nation or or whoever's behind it, your organising body. They're run independently, aren't they? They just acquire ranking money and a ranking system and a, a gold or silver or bronze or whatever. So your local players and your county players and that around the event will prop those events up because it's close to them. It's a one-off. Travelling to Germany or travelling to Milton Keynes for six days to play in arguably a more stale atmosphere than you're going to get at some of these Opens. and Because you get the Open and you get the Classic or whatever you want to call it on the opposite day. You get double the chance to win those. You can play a pairs event on the side. You can go and have a little bit more social aspect of it. I'm just not sure that there's enough demand at the very top level for women's series, women's tour for the PDC to put with it. And look, COVID probably plays a massive part in this because obviously the numbers were okay last year and they could have continued to grow. And grassroots ladies haven't really had an opportunity to play. The grassroots anywhere haven't really had an opportunity to play darts unless you were playing online or went to Q school and there wasn't that many there. They're, they're sort of going to miss the train a little bit. And I fear that after having a Women's World Cup uh, Women's World Championship, what, 10, 15 years ago or whenever it was, probably a little bit further back than that now. I can't remember what year it was in. That didn't last very long. If this Women's Series doesn't get an uptake and go ahead this year, the PDC might go, well, that's two chances we've given them now over 15, 20 years. If they're not ready for it now, we're just going to stick with our current model. Yeah, but then... I know that's a little bit of compared to Fallon getting picked for a World Series spot. But if this doesn't pay off big time for them, that experiment could be over. But then how then do you... Right, because there's always going to be two ladies in the World Championship now. So without a ladies series, how do you determine those picks? I don't know. 
genuinely don't know, mate. Unless they, they rebuttal on that as well, and it goes back to the meritocracy that Barry's always said. And if you Sky, Sky won't have it. You'll Sky get were it. the ones that pushed and demanded the two ladies in. As a broadcaster, Sky want the ladies in, and you see that. Then the Sky just in the women's series. Are they going to put the money Sky there to draw people in? Everything that Sky do, you look at everything. It's all the, the, the way they've done the, the 100 in cricket, the way they're doing the, the ladies' football now, the, the ladies' punditry teams. There's always a lady pundit on all the other sports. Sky will want the ladies to stay in this. I'm not denying that, but if there's no way of producing those ladies, Sky are going to have to be the ones that step up and do that because the PDC are not going to run these events for 26 people. It is not financially viable. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying it is. It's in, back, back to the That's a lot of pressure on colored shoulders. That's yeah, a lot of pressure I, I on colored shoulders. It, it, it pretty much has to go out and inspire a next generation. And it's like, like with most sports, to be honest, we are seeing more and more of it come through. But it takes time for Fallon to inspire a generation that then put the five, six, seven years needed to get to the top level. You're not going to see an instant change. It's, it's a roll of the dice, in my opinion, from the PDC. They've seen the amount, the huge um, popularity that it gained and the traction that it caused when it happened. They want that to happen again. And they want that to keep happening because it brings numbers. It puts people watch when something like that happens. And I reckon it's a roll of the dice from the PDC. said, let's get this back in the spotlight again. It gets good numbers, it gets people watching, and it does inspire people maybe to pick it up because it was massive when it happened at the time. I mean, we can see uh, with the people that responded to it on social media and everything, it, it is uh, a ploy from the, UD, uh, the PDC um, to get them big numbers, to get people watching again, and to get that audience, not the darting audience, the, the wider audience into the sport, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I, I, I think they've got, they've got it right. Um, we'll come into the chat in a minute. Gob's just shot to the loo. But do, do, do you think they got it right by keeping her in, Liam? Um, I don't agree with one rule for one and another for someone else. I think if they were keeping her in, keep Rob Cross in as well. Um, it's a, if I was Rob Cross, I'd be frustrated. If I was James Wade, I'd be very frustrated world number four and he's not included in this uh and a major title holder at this time winning the uk open josie de Souza is another one look whatever happened it wasn't going to please everyone it was going to be a, a difficult situation but at the end of the day it's the pdc who made this pick and ultimately they'll have the final call who's going to be in there regardless of what who we want in there who personally we think should be in there um Whatever they've done in this situation, someone was going to miss out. Uh, and it's just unfortunate for them players and fortunate for the ones who made it in. Yeah, yeah we'll just jump into the chat room. Uh, KR3000, I, I disagree. I think there's a huge place for ladies' darts in the sport. I, I genuinely do. I think there's a, a huge place for it. It just needs to be nurtured and, and done right for me. Um, also, as well, the, the, these World Series events isn't just about darts. It's about everything else that, that, that goes with it because there's a whole host of media that the players will have to do in, in, in things like that. And two of the names being mentioned that have been left out, 
Are they great at the media stuff that they have to do with these big events and World Series events? The answer to that is no, they're not. And that's not being horrible or anything like that. They're just not very good at it. They don't like doing it. And that's one of the boxes that you have to tick on these World Series events. It's a little bit like the Premier League to a lesser extent uh, in terms of picks. Yes, it is a little bit more defined in the Premier League with who gets in and who gets out. But ultimately, they want people watching that outside audience. We said not us that will watch regardless of who is in or not. They want um, this exposure and they want this to make this television for the outer audience that will draw people into the sport and will draw attention to it and that is what Fallon Sheriff will do if she she wins or she puts in a good performance in this tournament um, and that's ultimately what the PDC are going for uh, with this pick An interesting one in the chat room here, I'll answer it and then I'll get there's obviously, there's been a lot of chat about this on social media as well um, Andrew says, if Ando isn't going to the World Cup then surely he's not going to the World Series either who takes his spot, the sales of question mark uh, I can tell you 100% Gary Anderson is going to Copenhagen. Um, I know that because he's shared his flight details with me so I can book the same flight. So I know his flight's booked and, and he's going. Um, this question popped up on social media an awful lot, Gob. Do you think it's right and fair that Gary hasn't gone to the World Cup, but the PDC have picked him for the World Series. Throw me under it there. Um, it's, 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 in, it's in the chat room. It's been said a lot on social media. Just this what fans we, we we don't hide from stuff here. Um, it, it's what the fans have been asking. Is it right? I mean, there's no obligation to play in any event throughout the year players can pick and choose their schedule especially in covid times i mean jenna is not the easiest to get to from my understanding oh no it's horrendous exactly gary is is not a fan of traveling full stop um so look, this one's copenhagen is, is much easier much more accessible to somebody that doesn't like traveling you can get in and out of the event pretty unfazed um this is prerogative he's he's still a big name he's still a big draw like you just said if you want to pick players for a world series that they have to be good with media which i don't necessarily agree with because players of, of the caliber of james wade miss out despite where he is in the rankings which is earned completely earned if you were number four you should be involved in these events but that's that's an argument for a different time yeah why not, Gary? It's, it's an invitation. I, I can. I don't have to go to every single birthday party I've ever been invited to. I know, I'm not saying no. I'm just asking the question. It's been asked, it's been asked in the chat room, so we'll, we'll we'll ask the question. We've never hidden from anything on the show, and, and never will. That's the um. That's that. That's the question. Uh, as you say, time's flown by today, so we're going to open the chat room up. Question time, because it's literally just been non-stop today, boys, isn't it? Mad. Hectic. Absolutely. And I, I would like to just put it out there, Phil. 
before. I know we don't have long to go, but if anyone wants to argue with me on Twitter or make a point that Martin Adams, after hitting a nine dart at 65 years of age yeah. in the live league and winning it at the end, feel free to do so because I will argue. I've, I have plenty of ammunition in my arguments oh. on that front. So if you don't think Martin Adams is in the top 10 of all time, ask me, tweet me, I'm, do whatever you I'm, want. I'm with you. Because I will hit you. Nine dart of 65 years old, averaging 105, I think it was, in the final, whatever. Just absolutely unreal. Um, but get your questions in, guys. What a show it's been today as well, everyone. Absolutely top, top draw. Happens when we have the week that we've just had in darts. Lots going on. Like I said, we've just got this constantly now until December. Yeah. Oh, absolutely unreal. Um, someone said as well, Interesting at the challenge tour this week, they didn't use those new unicorn boards, they went back to the HD2s, which was interesting. After they got annihilated on the first challenge tour, more testing required. Yeah, interesting. The the board landscape, knowing that we know Unicorn were testing boards after seeing what was potentially leaked on Twitter early in the week with Target having a new board, could be an interesting time for that. To be, it's about time that I think manufacturers had a go and, and tried to do something different and tried to improve what's happening. I think we're wrong. There are some very good options right now, but they've all been pretty safe and comfortable for a number of years now with what they have on offer on the market and they need to do something to compete for that. Yeah. Um, Ollie says, Phil, do you know what happened to Borland? Um, I don't know the ins and outs. I just, I'm friends with him on Facebook. He just put a message on there saying he's home. Everything's, everything is fine. Um, he just thanked everyone for their, for their concern. But he said, no, everything is, is fine. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't know the, the ins and outs, but yeah. Um, um, weekly darts cast I understand uh, one of the um, team Italy is using the similar type um, points to Whitlock will the boards last? No nope. shredded mate Ready <laughs> first to five I'll be after I'll be after leg one but the, the, the problem is, is players are using more aggressive points because they don't trust the boards if they trusted the board, they wouldn't use the points. Uh, Shawnee Mac, our oh, pleasure, mate. Uh, are we still on for Wednesday, by the way, as well? No, friend. Okay, night. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I want to go back to board quickly while we're waiting for a few more questions to come in. Some of these players need to have a look at their actions. I'm sorry, but some of them just, just trying to flick darts in, trying to get all stuff of it and have points that make it cling on. Some of the time, it is not the board's fault. Don't be wrong, there have been some very bad boards and there have been, quite frankly, some isolated incidents in what we've seen on big TV games, whatever. You're going to get the odd dead spot in boards. It's, it's just the way that natural materials are going to react. You're going to get yeah. the odd soft or, or hard board. Um, but players that 
I've said it before, have a ridiculously steep angle of entry and expect the darts to stay in. There's no way for the point to penetrate the board enough at such a steep downward angle to then have enough force to stay in the board if you're going to make any contact with it. Well, that, that was always um, Benita van der Pass's problem. The way the board, they were trying to go in, there was just, just couldn't yeah. penetrate the sizal because there was no force behind it. A lot of it is is rear gripping fingers and, and not your fingertips, but like further down in, in your finger and just rolling it out of your hand. Taller players struggle with it a lot because they have to get enough force to get it up and down and at the angle. If they throw straight, it stays very flat for them. Whitlock's not the shortest yeah. man in the world. Benito's quite tall. Um, Kev, has Martin Phillips been invited to the live league? Uh, I'm not sure. I've seen the, there's a big list of players. Um, I'll get back to you on that next week. Um, what else have we got here? Oh, good question. It says, who do you think will win the match between Gary Stone and Cameron Menzies for the Scottish title? Good question. Because Gary Stone, I don't think, will be playing. Because he's qualified for Champions Week. Yeah, I've seen a lot of him in Group A this week. Looked very, very solid. Finishing was very good. Um, got to the final, was only beaten by Wolfie in the end. Uh, looked very, very good this week. I hadn't seen a lot of Gary Stone. I, I know he competed one BDO Worlds before that. Or I, I, he was beaten by uh, Martin in one of them uh, BDO worlds, but he's a good player. And like we said about Cameron's A game earlier on, if he doesn't bring it, if they did happen to play, um, Gary is a good player. I've liked what I've seen this week in particular, yeah. uh, particularly from from him this week. No, I agree. Um, buddy says, do you think Wolfie would get through Q score at his age? I think on any given day, if he gets it right. He could beat anyone across the day. But at 65, playing that amount of darts in a short space of time is a big ask. Yeah, but on, I look, on any given day, he could go through any field, I think. Yeah, I don't think he'd get through on the the order of merit at the end of the week. Well, that being said, he's, he's made finals week again. Yeah. I, look, I reckon stamina is always going to be an issue for someone at that age, and he has had incredible stamina even at the back end of his career. I mean, he was in the uh, world final at 59, I think it was. So clearly, age doesn't impact him that much. I just think with how grueling Q-Skill is, it would be difficult, but you can never write him off um, because of his capability still at this age. It's just um, incredible, really. Yeah. Like this one. Good question from Tommy. Best treble hitter, best double hitter, best three dart checkout hitter. Good question. Like that. Depends on the targets, doesn't it? Because the best treble 20 hitter right now is Jose de Souza. But do I trust him to hit a random segment further around the board? Probably not. Yeah. 
The most the most comfortable player hitting any segment around the board for me is Peter Wright. Yeah. Yeah. Prime best three dart finishes, Wade. Yeah. Yeah. What Taylor? Pro- Ridiculous. I still think Prime. I think I think we're still Wade's right up there. One one thirty Dan. No, that- Prime Whitlock. When Whitlock first made I, the swap from BDO to PDC. Yeah, yeah 2010 to 2015. Yeah. Um, yeah, some some good ones there. Uh, Weekly Darts car says, what what happening to Jim's mad Welsh title? Well, now he's got his tour card. I'm guessing he's going to have to relinquish it. So I'm guessing there will be a playoff game for a, for a vacant title would be my guess. But I'll um, speak until January, though, is he? No, so he might be able to get one more defence in, potentially. But either way, he'll he'll have to vacate it. Um, Jonathan, um, Dirk walked on to that monstrosity of a song, whatever it's called. Make your ears bleed. (laughs) Not not, not a fan of Dirk's walk, I'm not going to lie. He walks around listening to that sort of music constantly as well. He's, he's absolute man. Oh, yeah. Uh, when he says, what about the darting um, world being referenced, darting family passing the car, the way everyone supported? Yeah, look, we, we spoke about it earlier. When he, it's just been brilliant. It's been well over 30,000 English pounds. I'm not sure what the conversion to dollars is, but well over 30K in English money raised. Um, for Kyle's family and everything, and the, the body they've managed to get him from Rockhampton to Perth, which is great, and everything like that, which is just just amazing. Um, next new TV major winner. On current form. Luke Humphreys. Who do you think? Yeah. Luke Humphreys. I agree. Joe Cullen for me. Joe, Joe's been in the conversation for a long time, as has Michael Smith and you, Dirk. But actually, what is it, six or seven quarterfinals right now this year for Luke Humphreys? Including yeah. the UK Open final. He is one performance away, arguably, from putting his name on that list. And again, what he said, he's had some coaching. He has. Yeah, he looks really, really good. I'm, I think he's one step away from getting a big one, potentially. Yeah, I, he's up there with the, the, the very best of them. Uh, when Nita says, Phil, uh, how many online dart sponsors are there? Because I've seen a few. Uh, there's, there's a few dotted around. More of the um, lower like Challenge Tours players and the, the youngsters and stuff like that, but there's um, there's a few dotted around in there, boys. Ross Smith shirt is very nice. Yeah, just putting it out there. Um, um, yeah, Charles, we're going to ask that as the poll next week. Will MVG win a title next year? If and it's a big if, the Netherlands do not win the World Cup of Darts. Next week's poll for the first hour to an hour and a half of the show for us to then discuss before we start question time will be. Will Michael Van Gerwen win a t- uh, win a title this year? Because there are only seven Pro Tours left. We're into the big 
heavy hitting part of the season. So we will get onto that next week after we gauge the public's opinion. And we're not all going to sit here and say no, only for Dirk Van Dijvenboda to play a blinder and carry him to one. So, you know, we'll, we'll do that next <laughs> week when we've got a little bit more time to assess. <laughs> uh, going back to the first time major winner, um, Jonathan says Cullen. Ollie says Humphreys. Uh, Brown says Merv King. Wiki Darts cast Dave Chisnell. Um, some interesting ones. Which is my opinion. I don't think Chizzy will win one. I just don't trust that action under pressure. Yeah. No, and I think King had his best chance last year as well. Yeah. Well, King started his best chance. It was in the Masters against Wade. He won there. Yeah. Masters. That was his issue. Yeah. Um, cut off for the Grand Prix. After Gibraltar, innit? After Gibraltar. End of the month. Yeah, because it's straight. Yeah, end, end, end of the month. Um, does the World Grand Prix format need to be increased also? That's, that's, that's been a talking point for, for a long time, isn't it, guys? Possibly. I don't know. I, I like the World Grand Prix as it is. I think there are some that actually need to be reined in a little bit. The Grand Slam for one, once you're at the group stage, it's, it's just another match play. Yeah, I wouldn't touch the Grand Prix. I think it's fine how it is. Uh, the uniqueness of the tournament, the double start is good enough. Don't go near something that don't fix what's not broken, yep. uh, in my opinion. Yeah, the only tweak I might make to it is the first round one set longer because I just think for a, for such a high ranking tournament, it's a little bit too short in round one for me. Um, read, but yeah, that does add to uh, excitement, does that? Yeah, that's what I mean. It's double edged, it does add to the excitement. Uh, yeah, it, don't that, worry, you've got the chance, yeah. Yeah, look, it's it, it's interesting, but which is what I was saying. There's so much to play for the back end of this year. Now the, the the calendar's out. We know what there is to play for. Obviously, we still don't know what's going on with ET3 in terms of the players that are qualified for it, which is a, an, another argument altogether, which, which will be interesting. Um, but good time for darts, boys. Good time for darts. Well, guys, we have waffled through talking, talking, darting nonsense for the last two hours and five minutes, whatever it is. You guys have been absolutely amazing in the chat room today. Smashed it for us, and we can't thank you enough. Remember, the Live Lounge will be released as a pod uh, around Wednesday time once we've got it out, so you can listen to it back um, at your leisure. Gentlemen, it's been an absolute pleasure. Enjoy the show tonight, boys. Very, very Brilliant. good. Thank you, Liam, for stepping in last minute after Mr. Boyce decided he, he got the Rona. I hope he gets yeah. better as soon as well. I know he was watching, but he had to go to bed. Bless him. Poor sod. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Well, guys, remember, make sure you subscribe to the channel and give us a like. Live League returns tomorrow, 9.30, the first games. I've been Phil Bars on the live line tonight, joined by Jack Gobby Garwood. And, of course, Liam, gentlemen, thank you very much. We have been Online Darts. 
and we will see you next Monday for the live match. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.